CBS Sports Radio. So believe me when I tell you it is a hump day, the ultimate hump day, the hump day before Thanksgiving Day. What's going on? Welcome to the program. I'm Jim Rome. You got to have a fun, fun day on the Wednesday before the holiday, and we will. It's going to be a great day, fun day, wild day. We are radio only, old school, no TV, cans are on. It's going to be fun. I've got a wacky topic to start with as well. I've got serious topics and a really good show, but a wacky topic that I can't wait to get to because even as I'm going through this and I'm thinking about this and thinking about what I want to say, I'm still processing it. It's that good. So I'll get there. Listen, if you've started your holiday early, you're already getting your grub on, already getting your drink on, you're not working today, you want to participate. No, we do not have TV, but we have radio, we have open phone lines. Get up in here. I've got a segment or an interview coming up next segment, so you want to get in early. Why is that, Rome? You have an interview coming up next segment. Just get up in here right now. 1-800-636-8686. You can talk about absolutely anything you want. Also, yes... For your edification, we have a beef segment today. Normally, we run beef on Thursday. Since I'm not here tomorrow, we're going to beef at the top of hour number three. So get yourself ready for that. If there's something you want to beef about going into the holiday, go ahead and do it. Top of hour number three. Walking it backwards. Coming up next segment, Michael Lombardi, 920. You already know who he is. I don't need to lay that out. Coming up at the top of hour number two. Eli Drinkwitz is back. He's done an amazing job. Missouri, by the way. Missouri, top 10. So those are the things that we're working on. I've got an ATP. We're going to walk it off. Oh, by the way, Mark Schlereth. I love the guy. Absolutely love the guy. He's going to be the guest on episode 290 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. And we will blast that out before I leave for the holiday And spoiler alert, it's really good. How do I know? As always, I've already done it. So look for that. Lots to talk about. So let me talk about this first. And this is a different way to start the program, but the way that I really want to start the program. There are heavier topics, but this to me is amazing. Now, I get that many of you outside the Pacific Northwest or even some diehard football fans may not be familiar with the name Reek One. Reek One. Now, I'm pretty sure the majority of this audience knows exactly who that is. And even if you can't quite place the name, if I play this iconic soundbite, you will know exactly who Reek is. He said this as a rookie and went instant legend for saying so. Yeah, man, personally, it was pretty funny because on TV and stuff, you see him, like, like from college and stuff, you like, okay, he look in shape on TV. But you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was an instant classic statement. He went instant legend. He's talking about Russell Wilson. You know, man, you see him on TV and you think he's a stud. But then you see him in person, and he's like, yo, man, he's a sack of potatoes. One more time, Alvin. The whole thing. 
seeing him in person, it was pretty funny because on TV and stuff, you see him like like from college stuff. You like okay, he looking shape on TV, but you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> You see him in person, it's like weird. I love the way he throws that in. It's like weird. It's like he's a sack of potatoes. You see him on TV when you're in college, and you're like, yo, man, he looks pretty athletic. But then you see him in person, it's like weird. It's like he's a sack of potatoes. potatoes. (laughs) All right, so right then and there, that guy went legend. He said that as a rookie, too, by the way, for glossing a former Seahawks legend Surefire Hall of Famer for a moment, for sure. Cringerous. Sack of potatoes. Still one of my all-time favorite sound bites. Well, dude is once again going viral for another. A legendary exchange that he had with another quarterback, who we'd all agree has his best days behind him, but not Dariq. I mean... You think, when you think of Reek, he's just about to sack a potato another dude. Nope, not this dude. And this is what I love about Tariq. This is why I dig this cat even more. He didn't get a sick burn in like he did on Cringerous. Not at all. In fact, he went full fanboy this time. Full fanboy after his Seahawks lost to the Rams. When he met the team's opposing quarterback on the field afterwards and went full on fanboy. Now, you might be thinking, Rome, dude, easy, chill, take it easy, man. This is not uncommon. Young dudes always like to dap up the team's opposing quarterbacks or stars that they grew up watching and admiring. This is not unusual. And I would agree. I would say you're right. However... I would expect that love, at least in that moment, to be shown to Matthew Stafford. That's pretty awesome. That's not what Reek did. That's not the guy that he sought out. That's not the guy he went looking for. He went looking for Carson Wentz. You heard me correctly. And what you're about to hear, I think, is going to blow your mind. It blew my mind. It's amazing. The second I saw this... Not only was my mind blown, I thought to myself, this dude just did the impossible. He topped his sack of potatoes moment. Absolutely incredible. You see, my fear was this dude could never, ever top that. Glossing Russ a sack of potatoes. No joke. Like, that's a -a once-in-a-lifetime burn, especially coming from a rookie. But then he went and he did it again. Classic. Like, what I'm about to play might be just as good, but in a totally different way. Stay with me, clones. This shows his sick versatility. But again, it's not a sick burn. It's quite the opposite. Check out the rising star and legend, Reek, geeking the hell out over meeting Carson Wentz. Listen to this. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell yeah. I'm supposed to be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't even trying to be a fangirl right now. Chill, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend too, bro. Hell yeah. For real. Nice to meet you, man. I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. All right, that does not begin to do it justice. Number one, you have to see it on video to fully understand it. 
Alvin, before I even unpack that, can you play it back again? Because there's a whole lot going on very quickly. The audio is not pristine. Listen so intently, though, to what this dude says to Carson Wentz, of all people. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell you big yeah. as hell. I'm what supposed to be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't, I, I ain't even gonna be a fan girl right now, too, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend, too, bro. Hell yeah. For real. Nice to meet you, man. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah, nice to meet you. You big as hell in person? He started that exchange with, you big as hell in person. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely incredible. Where do I even start? Other than stating the fact that I had already forgotten that Carson Wentz was a Ram. I mean, damn. I bet Rick hit the field Sunday, and from kickoff until the game ended, he probably had trouble focusing and couldn't wait for the game to end just so he could go meet his idol. Carson freaking Wentz. He told Carson Wentz, quote, I'm not trying to be a fangirl. A fangirl. I'm trying to be a fangirl right now, too, bro. Fangirl right now, bro. Holy cap, bro. Wentz should be talking to you like that, not the other way around. By the way, my guy, you do know that you were talking to a washed Carson Wentz and not a 28-year-old John Elway, right? Or Dan Marino in his prime, right? Or Peyton Manning in his prime, right? Reek, Reek, you're the only legend in this exchange. No wonder the Seahawks blew a nine-point fourth-quarter lead. How the hell could they not when one of their young stars was about to meet his idol? He says, fangirl, brah. I don't want to be a fangirl. I ain't even going to be a fangirl right now, too, bro. I'd say more like a 12-year-old girl who just got to meet Taylor Swift. But even that wouldn't do it justice. Has anybody ever, in any walk of life, ever been more pumped to meet anybody else? Much less Carson Wentz. I mean, listen to this exchange one more time. It's absolute gold. Now you big as hell in person. Me? Hell yeah. yeah. I'm supposed to be. I ain't, gonna, I, I ain't even gonna be a fangirl right now, too, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend, too, bro. Hell yeah. For real. Nice to meet you, man. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. Me? Me? If you listen to that thing, there's something you pull from it every single time. It gets better every single time. Now, here's the thing. Here is where I'm a little confused. Either this dude was completely serious. Completely serious. Saying things like, you're big as hell in person. No cap. And it's just going on and on, which makes it awesome in and of itself. But how about this twist? What if he was just pimping Wentz? What if he hooked me and everybody else with one of the greatest trolls ever? What if he thought to himself or said to his boys, yo, check this. Watch me roll up on that scrub Wentz. Watch this, dude. Are there cameras? Watch this, man. Watch me roll up on that scrub Wentz. You think I did russet dirty? Watch this. You think I did russet dirty? Watch this. this. Hey, yo, man, you're you big as hell in person. You legend. Me, dude. What if that's was? What if that's what he was thinking? I mean, holy crap. It's already amazing in and of itself. 
But if that were his mindset, I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying I don't know. But what if it was? Then it would be 100 times better than it's already, already is. And already is one of the best things ever. And then he'd be my favorite human being ever. So I'm going to play it one more time. And you tell me, is this complete sincerity? Is he being genuine? Or is this the most awesome troll job ever? Now you big as hell in person. Me? Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah. I'm what supposed to fuck? be. You ain't supposed to be. I ain't, gonna, I, I ain't even gonna be a fan girl right now. Chill, bro. No cap, bro. You a legend too, bro. Hell yeah. Bro, nice to meet you, man. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. Okay, here's the thing. He did say no cap. If you listen to it, he said no cap. No cap. So I want to believe that it's the greatest troll job I've ever seen in my life. But he said no cap. No cap. So he must actually mean it, right? Unless there was enough cap that even Le Cap himself could appreciate all that cap. Because all Le Cap does is cap. People probably think I'm lying about that too, huh? We do. No cap, bro. You're a legend too, bro. I literally cannot get enough of this exchange. Now, you might be thinking, Rome, dude, easy. Or you might be thinking, I'm right, because I am. How about Reek telling Wentz, you're big as hell in person. A stud NFLer telling a washed quarterback, man, you are big as hell in person. Now you big as hell in person. Me? That's something what a fan would say rolling up on an NFL player, right? Some like average Joe. Man, you're big as hell in person. Not some stud NFL player. I mean that. That's one of the funniest lines ever. That's one of the funniest moments ever. Put this dude in Canton for that line. You're big as hell in person. I don't think I've loved a young athlete like this since early in my career when Terrell Buckley was my dude. And if you're old enough to remember, you know T-Buck was my guy on the way up. Also, how about this? Real quick. How about him introducing himself at the end to Carson Wentz? He says, quote, I'm Tariq, bro. So I'm Tariq, nice to bro. meet you. Go ahead, Avi. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell yeah, nice to meet you. I'm Tariq, bro. Nice to meet you. Incredible also. Dude, Wentz should be asking for your gamer, legend. No freaking introduction necessary, legend. Especially to that guy who was on the street like five minutes ago. Reek, you're the legend. You don't introduce yourself to Carson Wentz. Wentz only hopes he gets the opportunity to introduce himself to you. So I'm Tariq, bro. Hell uh, yeah. Nice when was the last time anybody was that happy to see Carson Wentz? Ever? Anyone? His own family? I, I don't even get the connection. Your mom. I mean, Reek. Dude, you're from Texas. You played your college ball in Texas. What's his connection to Carson Wentz? I'm also wondering, have you watched Wentz play since 2017? But whatever, man. I don't care. I love it. I love it. Hey, Carson, if I were you, I would send this cat an autographed gamer. I don't even care which of the 11 teams that you played for that it comes from. You're lucky you still have a fan, Carson, much less a legend like Tariq. And Tariq, just know this, dude. And not to be creepy because I'm old enough to be your grandfather, but just know this. I love you, dude. I think I love you even more than you love Carson Wentz. Unless you don't love Carson Wentz and you're trolling the hell out of him. And then I love you even more. I love him. 
then you're the freaking goat. I don't know. What if he got confused? Maybe he got his Carsons confused. Maybe he thought that he was Carson Palmer. I mean, on the totem pole of Carsons, is Wentz even on it? Johnny Carson, Carson Palmer, Bud Carson, every city or every citizen from the city of Carson, California. You got to include Wayne Newton, right? His actual name is Carson. Hell, Chunky Carson Daly is looking down on Wentz. I ain't even going to be a fangirl right now, too, bro. Wow, Rome. Like that much? Yes. Yes. It's incredible. Find the video. You're big as hell in person. All right, I got to get out. I had to start the weekend, the long weekend, the holiday weekend with that, because that is goofy and kooky and awesome. He did it again. Now he's responsible for two of the greatest moments ever. And a boy, Reek. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there is something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. I'm talking about DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states. Age does vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Bonus bets expire one. 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. So the great thing about today is we've got a lot to get done, and we're going to get it all done, but we're also wide open. 1-800-636-8686. Go anywhere you want with it, and remember the beef segment is the top of hour number three. Right now, though, as promised, we are joined by the former general manager and a three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive. Both those things. He held senior positions with the Patriots, the 49ers, the Raiders. He is co-founder of the Daily Coach Newsletter, co-host of the GM Shuffle Podcast, co-host of the Lombardi Line, which is on VEASAN weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. He is the author of a new book, Football Done Right, which is available right now. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Lombardi. Michael, it's always good to have you. How are you? I'm great, Jim. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Hope all is well. All is great. Happy Thanksgiving, Michael. Appreciate it so much. All right, so here we are Wednesday, and we're still talking about that Monday night matchup between Philly and Kansas City. Michael, let me start with the Eagles. They go into a hostile environment. They come out with a gritty win. They move to 9-1. and But does this year's 9-1 and feel like last year's 9-1 and to you? Well, no, because last year they scored 204 points in the second quarter, and this year they've scored 68. They were dominating teams last year. Now they're just winning, and we tend to grade these wins like we're over in the Olympics. You know, we throw out the Russian judge. We put the Polish judge over here and the Armenian judge here. It's like 
it's a win. It's hard. It's hard to win NFL games. It really is. People think it is, and it is. That's why Marty Schottenheimer has 200 career wins, one of eight men, and he can't get in the Hall of Fame because people think it's easy to win regular season games. It's hard. And they've done it really well. And, you know, they beat a team that they were fortunate to win because the Chiefs made mistakes. You know, we're so used to the Chiefs' margin of victory being large because of their explosive offense, because of the way they call the game and the way they get in front of people. But that's not this year's Chiefs. This year's Chiefs is built on defense, and their margin for error offensively is small. So when they have two red zone turnovers and they drop a deep touchdown pass, they're vulnerable to get beat. Michael Lombardi joining us, you're right. It is so unusual and so out of character to see them play like that offensively. Michael, is that something that ultimately they can still clean up, or is this who they are, and is it going to be their undoing? Well, I think this. I think you, as Bill Parcells often said, you, at, right around Thanksgiving, you got to know who you are as a football team, right? And I think Andy Reid does know that. He doesn't have an explosive offense, right? You take Kelsey out. The longest pass play the other day was 17 yards. They drop way too. They lead the league and drop passes. Mahomes is playing well. Turns the ball over too much. Tries to force it because he's trying to make plays. But I think they know who they are. Their defense is really good, and their special teams can be good, especially the return game when Tony gets going. So they're going to have to play three three parts of their team have got to play really well to win. And you know they've only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. They went. They've gone three games without scoring in the second half. Three games without scoring any points. Forget a field goal. Any points in the second half. So this is who they are. You're not going to change it. They're not going to get explosive. But you as a play caller, you as the head coach, have to adapt it. I'll tell you the other thing. Miami's very similar. Very, very similar, Jim, to what Kansas City is. Although no one would believe it because Miami's offense is so explosive and people have a perception of Miami. But when you study Miami over the last four weeks, They average 20 points a game. They have not been able to run the ball. They average 74 yards rushing, right? They can't convert third downs. They haven't been able to do that all year. They're winning because their defense has allowed them to win. Their offense hasn't been as good. I think what you just said, Michael, was so interesting. And I was going to ask you about Miami because we've got the NFL's first ever Black Friday game coming up in a couple of days. And then they're going up against the Jets defense that we know is very good. Michael, ultimately, where do you come out on Zach Wilson? For instance, do you think that he's got a future someplace else in the NFL as a starting quarterback? Or would you deem him a bust and beyond repair already? Well, I don't think you could say he's a bust in terms of arm strength, athleticism, and athletic ability, right? Where I think he has been disappointing is how much does he love football? How much does he want to be great? How much does he want to do the, the, the mundane things over and over again to improve his career? How hungry is he to be a star? You know, and I don't see that with him. I think he, ha- he lacks competitive stamina. I think the longer the season goes, he, has a, he had a hard time of being able to maintain his level of play. And he never seems to get better. He's year three, and he's still making the same mistakes he made in year one. And that tells me that he's not vested. That that tells me he's not all in. That that he teases you with his athleticism, but his competitive stamina just doesn't allow him to take it to the next level. Look, you can research, and we do on The Daily Coach, research any elite competitor. And they have this will to get better. They have this urgency to become great. 
they're never going to settle for second place. They would never settle for anything less than the best of themselves. And when I watch Zach, when I watch his body language, when I watch him maneuver around, I see a guy that's almost indifferent. And in five years from now, if you told me Netflix is going to have a documentary on Zach Wilson's career and he's going to say, look, I never really loved football, I would believe it. Hmm. Michael Lombardi joining us. Now, nobody would ever say that, Michael, about Tom Brady, who made headlines this week. He said, Michael, quote, he sees a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right now. He went on to say that offensive players even have a responsibility to better protect themselves. Do you agree with these statements, or on some level does it seem pretty hypocritical that the rules he seems to be talking about were put in place to protect guys like him? I think he, I think he's right in this sense, Jim. The collective bargaining agreement that the players negotiated, uh, where the coaches aren't allowed to develop talent in the offseason, has really hurt the game. We need to develop offensive linemen. Offensive line play in the National Football League is at an all-time low. And a lot of that is because we lost that ability to spend February, March, and April working with offensive linemen in an indoor facility on their fundamentals and techniques. Now, it's our own fault. I mean... Everybody was having too many camps. The players were working too hard in the offseason. But the lack of ability to develop offensive linemen, which is a developed position. I mean, that, why do you see some seventh-round picks that make teams and you see guys that, you know, come from the street? It's a developed position based on toughness, fundamentals, and techniques. And when you don't work on that, that becomes a problem. I agree with them on the other issue. I think we have a lot of offensive coaches that will forsake protection just to get five guys in a route. I mean, look, are you shocked that Sam Howell is still on two feet? How many hits has Sam Howell taken? It's remarkable. He's getting protected, and he's getting hit at a rapid rate. And it isn't like, you know, they're doing it. I mean, they, they're sixth best team in the National Football League in yards per attempt rushing. They're 31st in rushing per game. They don't want to run the ball. They take great pride in never running it, but they don't care about their quarterback getting hit. And you wonder why they're losing games? You know, everybody made a big deal of Mike McCarthy. Oh, you know, he's taking over the play caller. It's Kel Moore's a 10 times better play caller, yada, yada, yada. Well, here's what Mike McCarthy did. He managed the game. His defense plays 27 minutes. His offense is on the field for 33 minutes. He's played, his defense has played 100 less plays than his offense. There's a strategy to that. And that's allowing you to help play complementary football. Now, it doesn't work all the time. He lost to Dallas. He got beat by Arizona. You know, but the reality of it is, is that's what Brady's talking about. How are we managing the game? How are we protecting the players? It's hard to go into a game and throw it. He's going to go, Sam Howell's going to go down to Dallas, and he's going to try to throw it 40 times. You want Micah Parsons coming after you 40 times a game? I don't think so. Not especially when you consider how many hits how it's already taken. I don't want to give it away, Michael, but I've got a podcast I'm going to release later on today, and I spoke to Mark Schlereth, great offensive lineman. He said almost exactly what you just said verbatim. I mean, word for word about developing players and players not because of the collective bargaining agreement. You don't have as much time to develop these players. He said almost exactly the same thing you just said. It's uncanny. Let me ask you this. When you, you know Bill Belichick really, really well from your years of working with him. Just before I let you go, and I want to ask you about your book too, do you think that ultimately he can fix the Patriots where they are or are he and Bob Kraft going to both decide that it's better they go their separate ways? How does that play out? 
Well, I think a lot of it depends on what the rules of engagement are and, and, you know, where they see this organization going and how the vision of the owner wants it to go. But I definitely think he can rebuild it. Look, the quarterback, you know, played well as a rookie, didn't play well last year, and has played really poorly this year, along with some other factors. I think Dietrich Wise said it best. They're, they have a, a horrible record. They're not a bad team. They've had opportunities to win some games in the stretch. They just haven't been able to make the plays at the positions they need to make them. So I do think he still has it. And I, I know him personally that he has a love of the game. He's, he's at the top of his job and loves his job. Uh, it's not a fluke they won six Super Bowls. Certainly they had great players. But he's still a great coach, and I think he'll keep coaching. All right, so I mentioned you are the author of a new book, Football Done Right. Its subtitle is Setting the Record Straight on Coaches, Players, and the History of the NFL. By the way, it's a great gift idea for the holidays with them right around the corner. What exactly do you cover in the book, Michael? Well, what I try to do is kind of dispel a few myths, right? I, I, wanna, I want people to understand where football started, and I start with the white, what I call the white oaks, which are the, the trees and the foundation of the coaching trees in the National Football League. Everybody comes from a tree and how that tree got developed, and who are the best coaches in the league. If it wasn't for the great Paul Brown, we wouldn't have a coaching profession. If it wasn't for Paul Brown, we wouldn't scout. If it wasn't for Paul Brown, we wouldn't have game plans. We wouldn't have helmets. We wouldn't have communication from the sideline to the field. He was an innovator, and I don't think we as a National Football League recognize some of the people that have done some incredible things. Jim, when I got on the team bus in San Francisco, I had to sit behind Bill Walsh, and when I sat behind him, he would often be doodling Clark Shaughnessy plays. Who's Clark Shaughnessy, people say? Well, Clark Shaughnessy is the reason why we have the quarterback position in the National Football League. I mean, we don't honor him. He's in the College Hall of Fame. He's not in the pro. He is truly a pioneer to our league. And so I want to tell that story. I want to tell the impact of television and why this game, for a perfect example, 28 million and some people watched the game the other night. Television has grown the game. Brett Musburger, Howard Cosell, John Madden were instrumental in that. Great drafts. And then I ranked the top 100 players. So it's kind of an overview of the game of football through my eyes and how I saw it grow, how I was involved with it, and why I think some of these players deserve Sterling Sharp, belongs in the Hall of Fame. Marty Schottenheimer, belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think it's an injustice to some of those people. It really quickly, Michael, I, I loved Sterling Sharp as a player. Loved him. In fact, he, he would come on this show when he didn't do a lot of media. I was fascinated by him. What's your argument for him being in the Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, he just got his career cut short, which is fine. But so did Terrell Davis. So did Tony Baselli, and they put them in. Like, the guy had Brett Favre for one year, two years. He's, he's making plays with Don Majakowski. I mean, this guy was a dominant receiver, and unfortunately, he even was playing with a neck injury, and he played through it. But don't tell me, you know, you put Tony Baselli in the Hall of Fame, and he was a great player. But, you know, he had, a Hall of, he had Hall of Fame years. Did he have a Hall of Fame career based on everybody else? Same thing with Terrell Davis. You know, great player, but you're saying he had a Hall of Fame career. He only played seven years. Like, why are we cheating Sterling Sharp out of that? Sterling Sharp was tremendous, and he did have that neck injury and played through it. Michael Lombardi joining us. His book is called Football Done Right. The subtitle is Setting the Record Straight on Coaches, Players, in the History of the NFL. It is available right now, and there is so much more in that book. I know I've read it. Michael, really appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, and always great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jim. Anytime. Michael Lombardi joining us. Always a great conversation. 
Always food for thought. Always things that I know some of you will disagree with, but he's done it. A former GM, a three-time Super Bowl winning NFL executive, senior positions with the Pats, the Niners, the Raiders, talk some gambling, and an author. Really interesting guy. 1-800-636-8686. Hey, Jim. Can't find the Tariq meeting Carson Wentz video. So in my imagination, Tariq has his hand behind his back and fingers crossed. Pete in Youngstown. That's what I'm saying. Did he do that because it was authentic and genuine? I tend to believe yes. He's just funny. I think like it's, and by the way, it's like diametrically opposed to what he said about Russet. It's almost like my man is measuring everybody. He's sizing everybody up. You, you a sack of potatoes. Like weird, he like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> you, you weird, man. You, you like a sack of potatoes. Like weird, you, like potatoes. you big as hell in person. You big as hell in person. Me? Me? It's almost like dude is just measuring everybody, sizing everybody up. It's so funny. It's weird, man. You, you like a sack of potatoes, yo. You, you big as hell in person. So I'm assuming it's genuine. I just think he's funny like that. However, if that's not what he meant, and he just thought to himself, yo, man, watch this. You think I did Russ dirty? Watch what I'm about to do to Wentz. Hey, y'all. Then he's my favorite human being ever. Hey, y'all, watch this. Hey, y'all, watch this. It says, Dear Jim. Man, you big as hell in person. Regards, short guys meeting their Tinder dates. Brett and Bugaha. War Beef Larry. Stuck nuts in. Quote, you big as hell in person. Signed the Uber driver picking up Jim Rome after a Wisco vacation. That's true, man. Can an essay, quote, you big as hell in person, signed the casting director of the Jardians commercial. Hey, Ken, let me ask you something. Why do I have two things, Ken? Why do I have the feeling that if I saw you, that I would say, man, you dumb as hell in person. Why do I think I might say that? You dumb as hell in person. Hey, Ken, let me ask you. No, seriously, Ken, let me ask you something. Do you like this show? Do you like being a part of this show? Then don't do that ever again. Because you'll be blocked from the show that you love. We're not doing that. I thought I made that really clear. This guy's more serious. Mike and Escondido. I know we're over, Albie. I'll get right there. Hey, Albie, I'll let your kids come in today so you can wait on me. How's that sound? Alvy does not have 15 kids. All three of them are here today, and they're awesome. Alvin says to me, dude, they're not morning people. <laughs> Such a great line. Yay! Alvin's like, kids, this is Uncle Jim. And kids are looking at Uncle Jim like, yo, dude, Uncle Jim is scary early in the morning. We're not morning people. <laughs> so awesome. Especially Sydney, man. She's adorable. Uncle Jim's not, though. All right, so this guy, I'll save this. Let's go to a break. When we come back, I've got an open segment. 
Obviously, we're having some fun already. A wacky take off the top. Mike Lombardi, very intense, as he always is. Love it. Eli Drinkwitz, top of the hour. Missouri is top 10. Jim Irsay was doing Jim Irsay things. I want to get to that, too. Got a lot of good stuff. Also, a number of you are coming in and resetting the conversation I had with Rogan Loam. I want to give you my thoughts on that now that I've had a night to sleep on it. Rogan Loam. All that still. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's Wednesday, which makes it an ATP day, along with everything else we have going on. So be sure to go to cbssportsradio.com slash pros, submit a question. I will answer one or more of them later on. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Also, reminder, normally we beef on Thursday, but since I'm not here tomorrow, we are going to beef today. Top of hour number three. Start getting your beefs going. one 800 636-8686. Eli Drinkwitz coming up at the top of the hour. My thanks to Michael Lombardi. I want to go back to, well, this guy brought it up. Mike and Escondido. Jim, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview with your son. Brought me to tears. Such a special jungle moment. I've been a listener since the early 90s. Awesome awesome moment. My favorite part was was Logan thinking you were a quote sports athlete, not a talk show host. Mike and Escondido. Uh spoiler alert, he doesn't think that I'm quote a sports athlete. There's some other guy who had a comment that said something along the lines of, "Hey Rome, man, your kid's a real meathead thinking you're a sports athlete and not a talk show host." I want to give you clones a lot of credit. I'm super grateful for all the love that you clones gave Logs and me and the time we spent together. I have a thought on that. But my first thought, just to quick react, react to this notion of, of Logan thinking I'm, quote, a sports athlete. He was kidding. It was a joke. It doesn't make him a meathead. He actually does know what I do for a living. The joke was, I said to him yesterday during the interview... Did you even know what I did for a living before you walked through that door? He's like, I, no, I don't know. I thought you were like some sort of sports athlete or something. And some of you took him literally. He knows what I do. Now, as you found out, he doesn't know very much about the show. When I gave him the quiz about the show, he couldn't answer any of the questions. This is... This is part of Logs' charm. Like, he doesn't know the show. But he didn't walk through the door and say, wait a minute. The, why is there a studio and not a locker room? Where's the clubhouse? Where's the training room? Where's the field? I thought you were a, quote, sports athlete. Well, what are you doing? Well, why are we in a studio? 
I thought that we were going to do gassers. <laughs> I don't know how some of you follow the show. Like, you say you love the show, and I believe you. But how do you follow the show? Hey, Rome, man, your kid's a real meathead, man. He thinks you're a sports athlete. What the hell? Uh, no, he knows what I do. He doesn't know the show, but he, that's part of the charm of the kid. That's why I said, do you even know what I do for a living? I knew that he knew what I did for a living, just as I knew that he wouldn't get any of the questions right when I asked him about the show. Romy, damn. Your head is even bigger than hell in person. Sign Logan to JK when they met up in Boulder. Oh, you big as hell in person. Me? Dude, he dunked. He dunked on Big Head. He dunked all over him. Hey, Big Head, you know how you think Rex Lee dunked on me? Multiply that by 100, and you have what my kid did to you. Yeah. Dude, he put you on a poster. He shattered the backboard. All the glass landed right on that gigantic head of yours. You'll be picking that glass out of that big head of yours for years, Head. Head's like, yeah, I was pretty close. No, dude. Times 100. And the best part was, and you could tell by my reaction, I didn't see that coming. I didn't feed him that line. The kid came in with that line. Or he thought of it in the moment. I don't even know. We haven't discussed it. Here's the other beautiful thing about Logs. Like, the reaction was so, so touching. Like, DJ and I are so moved that so many of you were so moved by that conversation. I mean that honestly. If I'm being real, reading some of those comments, I was choking up. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But the real beauty of it is I, don't, I haven't really seen the kids since the interview. And I know for a fact he hasn't cracked open the app and read any of the comments. I hit him. I was so excited and so proud of the kid, obviously. You could tell. And I'm like, I'm like I think he's still at the beach or in a hot tub somewhere. I'll tell you this. I woke up. I woke up this morning. And I went right to my phone, and I was going to thumb out a, hey, Junior, this is not dorm life. This is home life. Turn off the lights, yo. But I woke up, and I looked in his room. He wasn't there. He didn't come home last night. I don't know where the kid is. I literally don't know where the kid is. But I did encounter him very briefly after we had the conversation. And I'm like, hey, man, hey, man, did your friends hear it? What did they think? Are they blowing you up? His quote was, they said it was good. I'm like, good? That's all the love you got? He's like, anyway, Pop, that was fun. See ya. And I haven't seen him since. I hope he's all right. I think he's all right. So we can reset that. I've got some other really good things for you today. Phone lines are open. Start beefing right now. We're an hour out. Beef segment, top of hour number three. Eli Drinkwitz, when we come back. 